I'm Brent Leary. I'm Paul Greenberg. We are the CRM players, and you should know that by now because every Thursday at 3 p.m. East Coast time, we say these very exact words. So, in fact, if you happen to miss this, you can go to anyone we ever did for the last year and a half and get them caught up. Yeah, a year and a half. You're right. It's about a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. We are like a regular show now. We're broadcasting, not just live streaming. You know, one of the things that I just realized, Mm -mm. I need to shave, man. Look, this is... (laughs) I look like Grizzly Adams. I, what the? I've never had this much hair on my face before. It's, it's not, believe me, you're not at a Grizzly Adams level yet. <laughs> <laughs> or is it maybe just the Burl Ives stage? Yeah, I mean, it's I closer to Burl Ives. Uh, I would it, say it so. Feels pretty. Little... Yeah, I'm going to shave right after this, folks. Because Are I, you going to like I just... shave the whole thing? No, I got to keep my goatee. I, 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 You know how long I've had my goatee? Um, so long that I don't remember not having my goatee. Like, I think I might have been wow. like 12 years old and had the goatee, um, sporting. Whoa, it in I don't know, man. Whoa, <laughs> I uh, boy, I can't do those things anymore. Actually, my beard now, if I let it grow, would be somewhere between light gray and white. It's pretty well, much gonna look like that. <laughs> Uh, you know, oh, we can start the show now because there he is. Look at that! All he Rams got a, Giants fans. He got it close. Giant fans, he said. Oh, that's but, right. <laughs> In other words, he, if you're I, seven feet or taller, you know that's what it means. I, or else you like the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and blueberry bagels. Okay, spin is. We don't even have to have a translation for that one, Sven. That's a no. good one. Okay, Sven, hey, your creativity knows no bounds. Mr. It's Gerber. Ray Gerber. Coming off the heels of the happier hour father-son meeting. That was a second. We've had the Charleses, Eric Charles of Exactly, and his Baylor graduate son, Robert. And now we've had Ray Gerber and his son, uh, Caleb. Caleb. Who, yeah. who are combined 13 feet tall <laughs> <laughs> yeah didn't he say he was six seven or something like that caleb six seven but raised like what six what do you raise six three six two six four man it's been can't argue with that man hello hi hi malika malika nice Nice to see you. And look who else it is. Emma Flanagan. Emma. Tuning in from How you Columbus. doing, Emma? Yes. Last time I saw Emma was at a Excel KKR event at, in Washington, D.C. She came. How long ago was that? Let's see. 20, was it 2018 almost or 2019? I mean, I saw it at Salesforce. No, I, I haven't since you joined Salesforce. Wow. No. I think it was 20. 19, 2019, because Emma had just graduated or was just graduating at that point, and we had lunch. Yeah. long time ago. Look, Easy Ed is in the house. He's back from Albany. Welcome back, sir. There he is. We missed you yesterday. Yes, we did. We'll see you next week. I know that. Yes, we are. Oh, look who else is in the house. Volker. Volker. Advisory. 
board, Cabello, the man, taking Cabello to new heights himself. All right. Got a good turnout. Let's see. Let's get one more in before we, uh, what's up with the stream? Quality of video is poor. Huge audience. To... I, I think it's, I don't know. It's fine on our end, Sven. So could be, <laughs> could be your bandwidth. Could be well, your bandwidth. Is, he is tuning in from Germany. So maybe there's something going yep. on there. I don't All know. All right. One more from Emma. She's doing good. Good to hear it. Yeah. 2019 it is. See. You got wow, it, Emma. Whenever you're here, just let me know. Just let me know. We're, we'll, we'll do it. And I don't know the obligatory LinkedIn user. Somebody has security issues. But we're glad yeah. to see you anyway, whoever you are. Just outside of Baltimore. Now, who would that be? It could be someone know. from 3C Logic, possibly. I don't know. But Tina Gilmore says the Whoa. video is fine. So if the Thank video you, is Tina. fine, then the, if Tina says the video is fine, we have nothing to worry about. She is our fierce defender. Look at that. She fine is. in capital letters and an exclamation point. Thank you, Tina. Yes, yes, yes. And we got to say hello. Hey, to Mike, Mike the man. Well. All right. These people are definitely not all here to hear us. <laughs> uh, we've yeah, we've mo- known them for them, years. <laughs> not only that, half of them heard us yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. like way too much, to be honest. Way too much. But you know what? Uh, it, it, you know, I, it, it's just a bit of a special occasion because you know, first of all, whenever there's a special occasion, you notice there's one thing I usually do on a special occasion, right? I break out a brand new, brand spanking new nice hat. Rams hat. This is first that, time ever wearing this one. That is a really nice hat. I like that one a lot, actually. I have to say that's going to get my top three votes. Hey, Jeff. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, okay. it's that good. I house. really like it. I like the white mesh. I like the blue, the powder blue, and, the, and just the... The font they're using for the word Rams, and of course the logo looks damn yeah. good on that particular hat. I like this one. You know what? The the green one that I broke. Oh, out of whoa! Go to the private chat and look what Colin said about Rams. Oh boy, we're gonna have issues, man. Mm. But but I'm a, I'm but a, it, <laughs> it won't be that bad because you know if he had said something else. <laughs> look, at, look at his next oh his next okay. yeah well we, look, we've uh, we're gonna have to get this thing started because it's apparently i think so already we're gonna starting. have to take so, about the uh, original eight minutes we were going to devote to the industry and hash out this football thing <laughs> yeah yeah so basically you know this whole this week's edition we were going to go in a different direction um we were I forget exactly what direction that was. South, but... Southeast. <laughs> we were going south, folks. Uh, but <laughs> then this news, this news came out on, I think it was Tuesday? It was only two days ago, right? It feels like it's been longer than that because that's what everybody's kind of been talking about. I mean, the happy hour, or I should say the happier hour. Uh, yes. Yesterday, we spent the whole hour plus on one topic. And you notice how I said hour Plus, yes. Well, oh wow, that is insanely <laughs> clever. Ah, but I say that as your, you know, dear friend and partner here, <laughs> uh, Andrew Nevis. Okay, that's who the LinkedIn. That's who it is. Hey, uh, Andrew. All right. Okay. So, hey, so yeah. Man. So Tuesday morning or thereabouts. Actually, I heard about it from Ron Miller from TechCrunch because he sent me this. Like, hey, I. I 
I'm sure you already heard about this, but here, have you seen this? And I was like, I hadn't heard about this. It's like Salesforce Plus. Salesforce gets into the live streaming space. And of course, that ate up the whole 24-hour period. Actually, it's going on 48 hours at this point. Mm -hmm. Since then, the happy hour, that's all we talked about. And so luckily for us, we have some good friends over at Salesforce. We, yes, we do. Wonderful friends. Especially you have a picture of, <laughs> of our yeah. dearest friend at Salesforce. Here is our dearest friend at Salesforce. That's our dearest it's, friend uh, at Salesforce. <laughs> that's that's Minnie. Minnie, who is... Who's proud owner and Chen, of course, is one of our dear friends over there, along with Captain yes, Nobata and, and a host of, of thousands best. actually over at Salesforce. And so, as soon as we saw this, first thing I, I shot the link to you, and then we, we pretty much had the same thought at the same time: is all right, can we get somebody from Salesforce on to talk about Salesforce Plus? And we, we know there's a lot of uh, interest. There's going to be a lot of interest, and we're not just talking about us. We were definitely interested, but everybody's interested in this. So. Our buddies hooked us up. So uh, we're going to go right to our guests. Usually we like to play around, but let's go to the guests. Let's go to Colin Fleming, who I just found San, out. Is San a, Diego Chargers fan, yeah, Colin Chargers. Fleming. Chargers. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, yes. well, that's all and, right. But, but we I'm also a Giants know, fan. you know, you're, you're, what do you, you SVP of, what do you call it? Brand experiences? Brand marketing. Global brand, brand marketing. At, wait a um, minute, wait a minute. Isn't it actually I, your, I think your title your is, is SVP of global brand experiences? Yeah, that you, you're you're selling yourself short here, buddy. You are. <laughs> like, you're you're a bigger deal than you think you are, right? So, yeah. <laughs> and not only that, in his spare time, he likes to drive I, these kind of things. That's amazing. <laughs> You know, is that, that your just uh, going around car? Is that the car you take from working back? Yeah, that's my that's my daily driver. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so I well, should, first of all, thanks. get into this. Oh, okay. Well, no, oh no, you go ahead, Brent. I'll I'll follow no, it up with my question. I was just going to welcome him to the show. This is the first time we've had him on, and we don't know you. We've never talked to you at all. The only thing that we do know about you is that you're a Chargers fan, and for this show, things could be worse. So. We don't yeah, win like, anything. We don't have to worry about the Chargers. <laughs> no, no. You actually skated because you actually have answered the question you would have been asked. <laughs> right? So at the end of the show, you would have been asked, who's your favorite football team? And there's okay. only one answer that means you're never invited back again. All right. So actually, well, let's get that right now. What team do you think that is? Is it the Eagles? No. No. I hate no, them, no. but... Not as much as I hate this. No. It's got to be the Patriots, then. There you go. You got it. If yeah. you answered that, this would be your first and last appearance on this show. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Well, I mean, first got of all, thanks for taking Rams. time, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm this dying. is fun. I've, uh, I feel like I'm in the in the presence of celebrities here. We've I've followed you all for a long time, so this will be fun. Oh, uh oh, <laughs> no, now we're in trouble. Uh, yeah. I just I have a question though. I've I've been dying to ask you since you were the Red Bull driver. Um, so I'm wondering, I really, did you like drink Red Bull? Did you use that to fuel the car or both or what? <laughs> I, I've consumed a lot of Red Bull in my time. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, I've, I no longer do, um, coffee is my preferred caffeinated beverage of choice, but, uh, yes, I've consumed a lot more than my fair share of Red Bull in my time. 
I always, I literally saw it as car fuel, to be honest. I thought that was where you were going to go with this answer. But <laughs> I just, I don't know how you can drink that stuff. It's like, I'm not saying it's terrible tasting or anything. It's just like, it really does amp you through the ceiling. Um, I, yeah, yeah. You know, well, so we we had this our weekly happier hour. That's Paul's name for it, the happier hour. Uh, and you know, we usually talk about whatever anybody wants to talk about. I'll tell you right now, that whole solid hour was to talk about Salesforce Plus. What yeah. is it? Yep. What's it gonna be? And also, so of course. Like right before we ended the uh, happy hour yesterday, I asked, so what's the most, what's the one thing we should ask? What, but I'm going to go off the board and go with Jeff Risher, who was there. And, uh, you know, we got to, before we get into the serious stuff, favorite <laughs> 70s TV show, 80s movie, and whether or not those will be available on Salesforce. <laughs> I, I think we're going to go more modern. I was born in 84, so I don't think we have to bring Bigfoot too far back, to be honest with you, Jeffrey. But uh, we're going to stick to 2021 and beyond is what I'm thinking on the content side. <laughs> all right, folks. So, all right. Um, everybody wants to know exactly, you know, what exactly is Salesforce Plus and what was kind of, what was the thinking behind it and doing it right now? Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, I think as with anything, it's a it's a journey, right? The, our the last eighteen months has been a ride for any of us, and you know, of course, my team and I, and all of us at Salesforce, spent a long time building up the events portfolio that is Dreamforce and our World Tour program, and so many that we've had you at in the past. And you know, it's been said often that Salesforce is an events company that happens to sell software on the side, right? We think about in person experiences, and when that didn't happen. Uh, when we had to pull away from that, we had to kind of, you know, we had to pivot, right? I hate so it's an overused phrase, but it's exactly what we did. And we started with a program we called Leading Through Change, which is a, we've now done 70 episodes of. And we kind of asked ourselves, what would it mean if Salesforce would start to think and operate like a media company? And we did exactly that where we started to produce kind of original content, think about real time, no you know, plan for six months and launch something. It was like every week there was a new topic we were thinking about and what's really important, what do people need to hear? And we started to quickly become a media company in a way. We started thinking about like a newsroom and uh, that the genesis of that was was just a, a very quick conversation and we just started acting. We, we started by starting as we like to say. And very quickly, we saw tremendous viewership and we were helping people get through the pandemic and helping people in a new way. And there wasn't a whole lot of Salesforce content there. We were asking questions about, you know, sort of what does the return to work look like and these kinds of things. And so we sort of a new strategy was born for us very quickly. It was all around original content. And uh, we started to do that. We started to think about content that made sense for more roles. And so what does it mean for have a marketing type of show? What does it mean for have a chief revenue officer show? And we started to think along these lines. And um, that was an interesting journey. We learned a ton. And then when we started thinking about having events come back in person to some degree, right, started thinking about inviting people in a way, we thought, how do these two environments come together? How do these live experiences and original content come together? Um, and that was sort of an interesting conversation. We turned to a place that Salesforce always turns to, which is the consumer world, right? The company was founded on this whole premise of it should be as easy to use as it is to buy a book on Amazon. That was our saying in 1999. Or when Chatter came out, it was Facebook for the enterprise, right? And we've always turned to these consumer world analogies. And so we looked at Peloton and Netflix and said, that's the model. 
And what would Salesforce's model look like if we kind of looked after that and kind of got inspiration from there? And what you saw on Tuesday was our our belief, what we think we've done it. And that's our first step in the, that direction. And we're pretty excited about it. The media certainly um, seemed like it was an interesting proposition and we've been really thrilled with the response. You know, it's, it's fascinating to me. I mean, first of all, you know, congratulations on just aligning yourself with the way the universe is actually going. And, and well, it's not easy. I mean, most companies haven't done that yet. And the other thing I found fascinating about what you're doing and really fascinating is, and I actually think, I, I don't know if it was your press release or it was general, somebody generally called it, uh, but it's a lot, they're calling it a live streaming service. I don't actually think that's what it is. I actually see that, you're, first of all, it's not live streaming, you're broadcasting, and that's, live streams are part of broadcasting, but they're not the sole purpose. Secondly, just to show, even I got slightly confused at one point where I thought, oh, Salesforce Studio, that's a set of tools, blah, blah, blah. No, it's a studio. It's an actual <laughs> physical studio with yeah. cameras and lights and things like that. Um, and But you're actually building, to me, and if I'm viewing it and putting in slightly traditional terms, you're building a network like a, the equivalent of CBS Interactive or something like that. You right. know, and um, what, what I, first of all, though, I will tell you, and I, I do think this is just, you might want to take this forward, is I think there's a lot of confusion about what's out there right now. Because, yeah. again, you're not actually building the Netflix for business. That's not what you're doing. If you had to pick one, it would have to be the YouTube for business. But um, because you're really not providing Netflix other than the fact it's original content, but that doesn't have to be in Netflix. Um, and secondly, the other thing I think really fascinating to me is the potential for this thing long term. So uh, given you're at the beginning of all this and you have what sounds to be like, what is it, four consistent, regular cat, uh, uh, shows that you're doing, are you, are you looking at if you're looking at a format, and, and again, don't you don't have to be too strict because I know you're experimenting because you're going to have to deal with things like people who consume TikTok and people who consume, yeah. you know, well, basically are in Clubhouse and people, who, you know, I don't know about consuming Clubhouse, um, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is what it is. So, uh, but, you know, that those things are important as the generational power shift begins or, or continues and i know you're thinking that way because i know how Salesforce thinks so my question becomes are you looking at this as sort of an evolving network are you looking at it as something that will involve content that isn't purely business specific uh are you looking at it and third how are you looking at it from the standpoint you'll you'll know the question as soon as i say it from the standpoint of entertainment value literally that yeah so those three things there's a, work. there's a lot to take us to the end of the show how much time do we have um uh yeah so you know look i think i draw i draw back to the inspiration right we think about netflix and, and to your point i think what we're doing is slightly different than that but i think there are related elements and you look at peloton i think peloton is maybe the primary source of our inspiration where you look at live content and you know as much as we think that people come to an, a conference like dreamforce for the food or for the entertainment they come for the content they come to learn and get better at their roles right from a reskilling perspective and from to get better at their opportunity at their whatever job they may have and uh, we we're not that's not lost on us i think it's really really important so i think a lot of the content you'll see inside salesforce plus 
it will have an entertainment value to it. It's not going to be white papers translated to videos. There'll be smiles and winks and nods to it, right? Uh, but it will be in the premise of helping people get better at their jobs. Um, you're going to see content built for particular roles. So you're going to see a series for chief revenue officers and, mar and marketers and heads of service and C-level executives and very thoughtful in this way in terms of preparing uh, this experience to really be be a, a business oriented environment, but to really help people, you know, upskill and be better at their job. So that's first and foremost, the key thing here is content first. We started with studios, we started with our efforts, and then we built the sort of technology around it to kind of surface it and be the user experience for it. So we think content wins. And we've seen that play out with Netflix, who are spending a billion dollars a year in annual programming. And we've seen that with some of these companies, right? So we had to think content first, that was really important. The second part of this is how do we bring that the magic of those live experiences into a digital environment, right? And so that's where it's not going to be, you know, we, we often say inside Salesforce that it's not digital translation, it's digital transformation, right? So we're not going to just translate the 30-minute calendared sessions that you see at Dreamforce or these events into an online audience. The average duration of some of these shows is 11 minutes. Um, so it's going to be more modern oriented. It's not going to be operating in a 30 minute time window. We're going to be thoughtful about that because we've seen this with TikTok and we've seen this so much of the content. Our attention spans are shorter than ever before. So we are being thoughtful about that. Um, that being said, we are replicating the ideas of series and episodes. So the entire Salesforce Plus experience will be component series and episodes. And so we'll be launching series and then there'll be seasons within that. So um, we've launched Leading Through Change. You've seen Simply Put up seasons from us, things like that. So that will continue and you'll see that manifest itself in the experience as well. You had lots of questions. I think I had just maybe one or two of them, <laughs> but maybe you can tell me what I missed. Well, actually that leads to the sort of a permutation of it, which is, okay, given what you just said, okay, let's call it episode or ser episodes and series aimed at particular audiences of, and presenting content of them better. But is there going to be something like, the Colin Fleming show, which is not this quite the same, right? No. But if you're building out that kind of network environment, network presence is something that people do actually enjoy coming to and learning from. I mean, if you think about most podcasts, 90% of them are the somebody show, really, right? Yeah. Even if they have a name like, you know, Revolutions in History, it's but, but, you know, with Mike Duncan, but Mike Duncan's who you're listening to because there's a million podcasts on history, right? right? So are you looking in that kind of direction too? There's a lot of possibilities of what you got there. For sure. Well, it's certainly not going to be the Colin Fleming show because I'm too busy building the experience. So it's not going <laughs> right. to be that. Um, but yes, you'll see a lot of our content is is hosted of the hosted variety. So we'll have our connection series is hosted by our CMO, Sarah Franklin. Our inflection point series is hosted by Monica Langley. And here comes my son, who's two and is willing is hanging out of the house today. So, hey, James. Bring him on in. Uh, Bring him on in. James. <laughs> hey, hey, James. Hi, James. Hi. Is that Spider-Man I see on his Spider uh, Is that Spider-Man? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, my favorite. I love Spider-Man. <laughs> um, so, 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 yeah. So I think a big portion of it will be host-driven. Um, one, one second. Okay. Uh, no, he, it's he okay. Stay up there. He's going to hang out with us. If that's okay. That so works. Yeah, of course. Host-driven is important, right? Um, I think that's a, not all of our programming will be host-driven, but you will see a lot of personality in there. Um, and it won't be exclusively dedicated to Salesforce employees or Salesforce. You know, we're going to see um, celebrities in there. We've had Emmanuel Acho as one of the hosts for um, for series. We've had Paul Ashfar. We've had all kinds of individuals that can be part of this part of this programming. So very much 
um, very much part of our thinking. We're also thinking about partner involvement. So how do we bring some of our most strategic partners into the conversation, right? And I know that was a lot of the questions coming out from our press release was what's the long term here? And we definitely see companies like, you know, uh, insert your partner here, insert your sort of vendor here and, and do an interesting environment. So I think it's a big part of our strategy. I got a just. Oh. And this is Shannon, and that's James. Sorry, hi. hi oh, hi. hi. Nice to see you. This is the pandemic hey. world we live in right now. Hi, James. Bye, Spider Man. Yes. I, I would I would suggest a show for James, but you know, James is ready. He's he's as long as Spider Man is there, he's ready to go. All right. So, do, are you looking at your job as like? And I know this is kind of old school, like a Brandon Tartikoff kind of thing. Are you do you feel like you're a, like a network producer? Are you looking at, you know, like CNBC, the content over there, looking at might, you know, how it might work on your channel, so to speak? Do you see com competition from, you know, traditional kind of pro broadcast programming from a, a business perspective? How, how are you kind of trying to capture what is all out there and then present it in a way that makes sense for the kind of audience you're going after? You know, I, I, don't, I don't think of myself or my role as a network producer type of environment, but there are elements of that that are creeping in as you start to think about programming and, and as you think about sort of, you know, the broadcast environment, I think that's really fascinating. Um, we are going to be, we're going to do this a little differently. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of the programming you'll see come from Salesforce is going to be driven by sort of inputs from our customers. So one of the questions we have internally is, should we implement the idea exchange for content on Salesforce plus? Should we have this crowdsource to a degree? What does our community want to hear? Uh, what are the most uh, pressing questions out there? And what you'll see in Salesforce plus initially is very, very highly produced content. You, you know, it could live on a Netflix, and we're really proud of that. But I don't think that's the the exclusive part of it. We're thinking we could spin up things in a matter of hours. Should a question happen in the in the community? Should uh, should the world? So should something happen in the world of technology? Things like that that we think we can be more rapid fire. So I think there's going to be quick turn newsroom style programming, as well as as well as more planned out, you know, uh, you know, programming to a degree as well. So I think we're really fascinated about that. I think the key thing here, and, and you've seen this from Salesforce in the past, and it will continue to be true, is we have, you know, roughly 10 shows that we're going to be launching with. Plus, when Dreamforce launches over 100 hours of on-demand content from all the magic that you would expect to see at Dreamforce, uh, that's going to be the initial play. Shortly from thereafter, you're going to see podcasts in there. We've got one of the highest performing business podcasts in the world right now called Blazing Trails. Nice plug. Uh, things like that that will give us the opportunity to continue to sort of add new types of media in here, bring in partnerships, bring in, uh, we won't, we're going to stay away from advertising. We don't think this is an advertising driven model. We think this is going to be a model that is um, very open to our community. It's a simple subscription with your Trailblazer ID. So if you if you have access to our Trailblazer community, have access to our ID exchange or app exchange, you get into Salesforce Plus free of charge. There's no, no fees of any sorts. And really it's here to, to help us builds a new type of media program. And you can only see that for furthering when you think about Trailhead and how do we think about upscaling in a video format. Uh, the, the really, the roadmap is rich for us and we're pretty excited to get started. So on the Dreamforce side of this thing, if since you're launching, so last year, if I remember correctly, when you were using, when you did Dreamforce track, you were using Kaltura as your platform. And that was a combination of video and also event management which is part of it because the one thing that did suggest itself, which was, although it was a little unclear was, um, was the event side of what you're talking about. Cause so let's say you have, as you said, 
hundreds of hours of um, Dreamforce content coming through on Salesforce Plus and Salesforce Live. And but what about the event, <laughs> the actual management of the event itself? Because that that's part of it. But there's uh, there's uh, one of the things that wasn't terribly clear mm -hmm. in the press release and was the actual management of all this um because it's a what you're doing to me is in fascinating and a big deal and you know i think if i'll put it this way it's the first to my knowledge and i have pretty good knowledge on it the first genuinely fully organized attempt at this i will tell you you know from going through the history of enterprise software and technology sap used to do this in an ad hoc way at sapphire a lot right and with sapphire and other things they would run actually broadcast style shows you know you go all the way back and brent's referenced microsoft. it yesterday we have microsoft with msnbc and you know you go so in the partnership so and then there's been different kinds of things but at the same time attempts at enterprise technology companies working in a broadcast you know, working to broadcast content, yeah. right? And I think what makes you different is that you're fully organized, and this is ongoing, and it's and it's there's nothing ad hoc about it, really. And that's actually important, really important, because it you'll be able to sustain it over time and evolve it over time, and that's fundamentally critical. So the thing that I wonder about, though, is all of that has to get managed. Like I'm, you know, we do the players, smaller show by comparison, let's say, and I'm yeah. launching a new series that's very different in about a month, which is going to be literally in the format of a late night talk show, which is nothing like the industry scene. But I'm learning what it takes to just manage that. And I'm literally doing one person doing this. Okay. And, and just, I'm literally, you know, producer, director, host, showrunner. I'm everything in this thing. And I, the scope you're talking about is staggering. So how do you, how do you, how's the management of this thing to the extent you can talk about it? How's the management of this thing even set up? I mean, do you have people who are doing all those technical and, and business things like a showrunner type of person or yep. those kind of people? Wow. Yeah, we've brought in uh, talent from ABC Ooh. News, from CBS Interactive. We've brought in talent from the media industry, let's say, um, to help guide us on that. And that's been very intentional. Um, we've also built the platform in a new paradigm, right? The idea of an event type of software managing this. We think that, that we, again, we don't think that you translate an in-person event to a digital audience. We think that's a flawed methodology. We think that this is, you know, we think that the media consumption models, the Netflix and the Pelotons of the world have showed us what, what the world wants to consume this content in. And we've modeled that um, uh, more than anything. So I think that's really, really important for us. Um, in terms of the, the management of itself, we have two things. We've hired a lot of media talent. Um, we do have this mm -hmm. idea of broadcast producers and showrunners and these kinds of things. Um, and we've also built the technology fully on Salesforce, which is another thing I'm proud about. Wow is wow. you know this runs on Heroku with lightning web components this is running in a salesforce organization um, and we're really proud of that um, we run through video players um, that, that are you know sort of you know partners of ours but uh, really proud of this being doing working on salesforce and that's really really impressive for us important that's for us that's amazing that's really cool can you talk a little bit about uh, we had a conversation with the 
with a couple of folks last week over at Contently, and we asked them about how has this whole digital transformation process and and, and what the pandemic has done to accelerate it. Yeah. How has that made content? Uh, how has that changed the uh, you know, the view of content internally from like uh, uh, an organizational structure? Uh, from a strategy or strategic value. Because when I think about what you guys are doing here, how central is Salesforce Plus going to be in the content that you create? How central is that going to be to the traditional side of the Salesforce business? Like it, when a new cloud comes up, are they going to be like, hey, we need a show over here on Salesforce Plus to talk about you know the new cloud. How, how central has what you're doing is it to what's been the traditional role for Salesforce? Yeah, I think um, it's a good question, Brent. I think one of the big things that we're doing is we're going to try to keep the altitude at a certain a certain level where it's not initially going to go into particular product features or functionality. We're going to keep this at a role-based type of programming. So there's going to be content that is, you know, Salesforce relevant, um, but it's not going to be, let me tell you about the latest features of Sales Cloud. It's going to be very thoughtful in this sense. Yeah, thank goodness, right? Um, you get plenty of that on salesforce.com, so it won't be a problem. Um, no, but I think we are thinking about this truly in the way that Trailhead has really shown up, which is really just helping people get better at their jobs, upskill, reskill. Um, and we're going to think about this in a video format. You know, a couple of things we've seen also in this pandemic is. Um, you know, content, 30 minute content windows or an hour long pieces of content don't work any longer, uh, which is why I think I, if I'm, I can look back at this, but I think our average duration of some of these shows is 11 minutes, maybe even slightly less. Mm. And so we think that that's really, really important. It's going to be bite-sized content that we hopefully are binge worthy, meaning you know, we're going to entice you to watch more and more of them. Um, that's really, really important for us. And then, you know, it's just making the content interesting. Uh, this phrase that gets thrown around there, edutainment, which I kind of hate, but I'm going to use it here, which is, uh, you know, we're not going to be building, you know, below deck on Salesforce Plus. This is going to be business focused content with a particular set of roles that you would expect from Salesforce. But it's going to be content that is, you know, you can sit back on with a glass of wine in your hand and watch. And I think that's really unique in this industry where, you know, you're going to hear we, we have an episode that we launched in our CMO series called Connections with Laird Ham Hamilton. Uh, you know, it's not just your run of the mill CMOs. We're going to throw a little zig and a little zag at you. And we think that's important because business to business content sucks. There is nothing interesting. <laughs> about um, and Amen. you know, it's, it's, we, we can, there's a better way. Uh, and we want to, we want to at least prove that indication. And, you know, I'm really proud of the way that we pivoted to this leading through change content series earlier in the year and early last year. Uh, we won content marketing programs, uh, content marketing program of the year uh, as a result of that. And so it shows that there's appetite for this new type of content and we're just going to double down on it. Well, you know, from the standpoint of you actually have a history with that, too, with what you did with um, with Trailhead in the earlier days, especially you, you were it was brilliant. I mean, it was not just training but it was training it was memorable because of the right sort of hu the humanization of it all and the, and just the fact that you had actual people presenting to actual people not just you know abstractions and so it really resonated you had that guy uh mike uh who used to run a radio show for you from dreamforce and yeah. the admin center michael yeah. yeah well i mean i used to i was on that show twice and i was watching the trailhead admins who were in the area and they were like entranced, man. They yeah. didn't, but they were 
packing the place. And we were just broadcasting from a stage, you know, with a couple of mics. And just so you guys are already kind of, when you, Trailhead really was, to me, like a forerunner of the kind of stuff you're talking about now. And you've already like got some history with it, which should, let's say, portends a great deal of success at doing this thing. Well, I think Trailhead is a is a pretty big peer to what we're doing here, and I think we've built some structure behind the scenes to allow those two experiences to eventually come together, right? So as you log into Trailhead, it's the same login to Salesforce Plus. So you have one common identity. You can bounce back and forth between the experiences. I think it's only a matter of time before you see cross-pollination of the programming and being thoughtful in that way, too. So uh, I wish we could all have it fully featured and ready to go, but we're going to call this an MVP, but our vision is still big. Hey, um, so, okay. I just wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, traditional media companies. Yeah. You, know, you already threw out the, the advertising. You're not focused on that. But the data that comes from especially these you know, live streaming, all this digital data that you get from, you know, what people watch, how long they watch, it, what they think about what they watch. That's a lot of great data that could be used potentially, you know, for insights. And of course, you guys have Einstein. So how does that kind of fit with Einstein and what kind of information do you foresee uh, maybe that you haven't been able to get because you you didn't have this kind of network in the past but yeah. now you're going to be able to have a lots of information on people what is people what are they interested in you know how long they watch you know feeding that into Einstein what do you what do you foresee in that in terms of insights that could be used you know to get more programs to, to understand how viewers can become customers or how what's the plan around that yeah uh, well, I think, you know, clearly in the marketing industry, there's a pretty big effort happening around this cookie-less future, right? So every company has to be thinking about building a first-party data model where some of the tips and tricks that us marketers have built over the last decade are very quickly going to be irrelevant. And that's going to force companies into a different world. And that's exactly, this is our strategy. We think that it is a first-party data model for us where, you know, if you look at Salesforce, if you go to Salesforce's website today, we're very good at, at capturing your information and getting you, getting you on the phone with a Salesforce representative. We're very highly proficient at that. Um, however, we think that there's a higher level than that where we start to edu educate you in terms of how people are using Salesforce, what that looks like, how CMOs are tackling this new pandemic, how... Chief executive officers are doing that. And there's more of an educational, higher part of the funnel conversation that we want to be part of. And so it's as simple as you go to Salesforce Plus, all we need, all we need is essentially your email address. And you're off and you have full access to everything within the Salesforce ecosystem. And our goal here is to educate you. And if you so choose that this is of interest to you, we'll make it easy for you to do so, of course. But it's really about identifying a first-party data model where we start to build a relationship with you. It's not a transactional relationship. It's just a relationship. And we want to feed you really healthy, great content. It's going to come from Salesforce Plus. It'll come from Trailhead. We're tracking that behind the scenes with our CDP. Of course, we're watching behavioral and we're watching heat maps in terms of where the interests lie and what, what general role or what general product is driving attention. And that drives our content behavior. That drives a lot of our efforts. Um, it, it's what we, it's how we think about bringing content to Dreamforce. So when we thought about programming Dreamforce, which we're in the middle of now, September 21st to the 23rd, uh, we get a chance to really look at what the behavior is happening on our website and with content and say, hey, we need to bring more customer success content or more digital transformation content, whatever it may be, based on that behavior. So very early on, Brent, to answer your question, it's going to be driving, driving our content models and what that looks like. 
Behind the scenes, however, we are thinking about how do we build a first party data model that will allow us to build a relationship, a more enduring relationship with our client, with our customers and partners, and you know, give them the content that they want. And we firmly believe that if we give bring the right content and bring the right thought leadership, and of course the product's good enough that the you know the transactions will happen down the road. So so okay, you talk about your customers and your partners, but there's a much larger audience out there who are not customers or partners and Right now, you haven't really spoken to the access they will have because ultimately, you know as well as I do, it's not all about lead gen. You know, it's more it's about it's about being a trusted advisor to people who aren't necessarily your customers, and then they ultimately become those. Yeah. So, how are you going to or how are you going to approach? Hi, we're not Salesforce yet at all, but we're really interested, or we're interested enough to want to see some things are you going to have limited access unlimited access special times where you can get it unlimited or i mean what's going to what's the model going to look like there yeah i mean most of the content at launch paul will be um completely open uh there's no no users no login required um as we start to think about dreamforce and some of the more you know proprietary content there will be a login requirement there um but it is as simple as your email address and your name uh, you can even use your personal email address if you choose. If you right. go to our Trailblazer community, it's the same uh, identity service that you'll see there. So most of you already have access to that. Um, you might not right. know it yet. So I think um, it is very high level. In fact, a lot of the content, you won't even hear the word Salesforce. It is very intentionally about a role and about thriving in this new normal and this all digital work from anywhere world. And I think that's really, really important. So you're not gonna, it's not going to be heavy-handed. Um, that's really, really important to us. As you get into Dreamforce, you're going to get more particular con- content that's around, you know, our particular right. clouds or you getting better at your particular role. But sure. very thoughtfully, it's going to be pretty high level initially. And that's that's very much intentional. Okay, great. Because that makes the most sense that the default is the general population, so to speak. Right. That being said, I think and one of the pieces of feedback I got from our announcement, like while the headlines were the, the Netflix for business, that's a great headline. Um, our intention is to stay focused on the on the professional in a particular right. set of roles. We're not trying to compete in a mass market environment. Right. We're going to build content for salespeople, for marketers, for service people, for commerce individuals, for C level right. executives. That's our focus. That is what you expect. We have the brand permission to operate in that environment, and that's exclusively what we're going to do. The right. only thing that I would add that would carry over from that is. You've heard the word trailblazers from Salesforce a lot. We have these incredible administrators and developers and marketers that have done really amazing things um, in their careers. We're going to highlight that. And I saw some questions come in around user-generated content. Uh, You're going to start to see, you know, individuals like Cheryl Feldman or some of these incredible stories that happen in the Salesforce community be able to contribute stories within Salesforce Plus um, about their world and just helping others. And I think that's one of the really important things as part of this is really it's about lifting other people up and that's a big part of our journey as well what's been the most difficult part of this whole process or maybe the most surprising element Uh, i would say because it is a consumer world analogy um people understand the user experience part of it really easily like oh yeah i get series and episodes that's a concept we're all familiar with because we all watch netflix in the evening or whatever maybe so that has been easier than we thought I think convincing people that this will work in a business setting is, you know, anything, anytime you're breaking the mold on something, uh, I, that's harder to get by. So even writing the press release was one of the more challenging things because it's like, but wait, do we have the brand permission to do this? And like, why would this be coming from Salesforce? And I think just getting people over the over the over the sort of the hump of 
this this can work in a business setting and we're take there's a big vision here and i think that's as you know status quo dies hard and i think that's a big big part for us and um you know the good news is it seems to have resonated i think the the pickup you know, on social and in the press has been very strong uh, not snarky in the in the lightest. We got a couple Netflix and chill comparisons, which were sort of interesting. But I think uh, you know, I think what's what's really important is we continue to go back to Salesforce's tried and true consumer world analogies to drive the world of business forward. I'm not inspired by Microsoft, Oracle, and SAP. I do not care what they do. I'm not interested in anything they're doing. I'm looking at what are the you know the people watching ESPN Plus or Disney Plus are the same people buying CRM the next day. It, yep. it, there is no difference here. So. That consumption model is really important for us that we just follow familiar patterns with really great content. And we think that that will be a successful formula. Well, I mean, you're doing, I'm, so you're going to have Jason Sudeikis on? I, I just watched Ted Lasso this morning. I would love to have Jason Sudeikis on. I think that's out of our budget range at this moment, but we'll talk to our friends at Apple and see what happens. That will give us, give us, uh, you know, what, may be the most surprising person or subject or topic that might end up being on Salesforce Plus? Yeah, it's a good question, actually. Um, we started to get a lot of interest in terms of, you know, I had a musician uh, contact me yesterday after we made the announcement. He's like, I need to be on your platform. I, it's like a, a local Los Angeles area traveling musician. <laughs> so wow. I think that Maybe our press release could have been more specific as to what our audience was looking yeah. for. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think there's a fine line of, of, of appealing, selling the vision, right? And so I think uh, I think what you're going to see is very, you know, very inspirational content about particular roles, right? How marketers can be better at their job, things like this. Um, but I think you'll start to see very interesting kind of collaborations. Like, so we had Emmanuel Acho, Acho in one of our, hosting one of our series. I mean, we had dialogues with Matthew McConaughey. We've had certain things like that. So I think you'll start to see a little celebrity firepower from Salesforce. I think it's kind of one of our key tenants of, of, of the way we show up. And I think that'll be sort of interesting. So we've got some plans for that. Um, I think you're going to see, you know, the idea of cross-pollinating between, you know, wouldn't it be great to see a series between a CIO and a brand level marketer and like really understanding the dynamics. Like I go toe to toe with our CIO often in terms of like, what is really a priority? And so just really looking at the mixture of dynamics and roles here that I think is kind of fascinating. So I don't know if that's exactly the answer to your question, Brent, but I think that there's some interesting things that we've got cooking up. Are you going to have the uh, Velocitors play on Salesforce bandstand? <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you that our characters will be present. I'm not so sure we'll get there. We'll have to see. Well, can I send a, you got a, a, you got a good out. band. Yeah, <laughs> I want to send a shout out to uh, Leah McGowan Hare. I saw some of her uh, content and some of the conversations. The Coach K one. Yeah. She does a great job. She's she she, she should have a show. I'll put in a, a yeah. plug for her to get. She it. does. I'm, she's I'm, the host. She's the host of our Leading Through Change series. She's amazing. All right. She's, oh, okay. Now there it is. That makes you know. I think, got the best. I think it's an important point. It's kind of guidance for most companies. Um, there's a lot of great content being produced out there in the world today. Yes. And we looked at it. And we're like, we have so much bloody content, and it's all great, but it's like spread all over the company and people. There's not, and so we thought, you know, what is a singular destination for this to come through? And of course, we have a vibrant YouTube channel. We have over 200,000 subscribers to our YouTube channel. That will continue to happen, and that's really important for us. Mm. Um, but we can't really personalize the experience, and you can't, frankly, build a first-party data model off of YouTube. And so, how do we think about, you know, providing exclusive content on Salesforce? plus that is super helpful 
for the customers, not for us. Like I think the the days of business to business content where you're like, I've got this great piece of content, but you got to give me your firstborn in order to watch it. <laughs> it's a, a legacy model that has to die with this. Yeah. And That's we have amazing. to be thinking about helping first, not helping the customer or the attendee or the viewer first, not the company. And I think it's just a pretty big cognitive shift that we can have to make. You know what, honestly, to your point, I think ultimately there is amazing amount of really good content be being produced and consumed. The big issue is neither end. It's the middle, which is distribution, right? That actually is the fundamental issue here. And, you know, there are companies that are extremely well positioned out there for creation and distrib and uh, consumption, but distribution's everyone's whole. And what you're actually doing is one of the first big steps I've seen to solving the distribution, or let's say to taking care of the, I don't want to say solving it, there's a lot of other things involved. Because, you know, honestly, that because what you're doing is completely aligned with the fact that content now used to be king, now it's kind of heading into God territory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, distribution becomes, omni-channel becomes a really, really different concept than it used to be. Um, and uh, and distribution is where omni-channel is, right? So what you're doing by this kind of aggregation, consolidation, focus, and direction yeah. is, I think, super important, both not just for Salesforce, but for the entire industry to understand the biggest issue at hand. And I, I don't doubt you'll have um, others following your lead on doing this kind of thing, maybe not at your scale and scope, because you are known for doing a lot of things at big scale and lots of scope. Uh, but, um, but, you know, uh, but understanding that you're the, you're, you're the first large company I know taking steps to solve an issue that's a monster issue for the next decade at least. Right. You know, you mentioned Paul distribution and my team will kill me for sharing this story, but we looked at sort of the launches of Disney plus and we looked at, you know, all these companies that have been doing this. And, you know, one of the things that Disney plus did really well was uh, they launched Hamilton at the same time of Disney plus. And yeah. it was just an incredible forcing function. Like I'm, yeah. I gotta find if if I want to watch that, I gotta be involved in this, and so I think that was really important. And that was very strategic for them. We have yeah. this incredible brand and asset in Dreamforce, and uh, we're doing the same thing with Dreamforce. Dreamforce is our Hamilton moment, which is the way we're referencing it, right? Which is how do we create a moment in time that brings you know subscribers and this thoughtfulness to, but we keep them around with really great content that helps them in their role. There's edu you know has edutainment associated with it. I'm going to stop myself right. from using that word very quickly. Right. Um, but uh, you know I think that's that's a big part of it. So you know the distribution I think is where you know the NBCs and the Netflix of the world, these large media companies are very thoughtful in the distribution part is. And we're an enterprise software company. We don't know what we're doing in that context, but we are looking for you know we are finding a way through it with just being smart and watching the world very closely. So you're going to have, forget Jason Sudeikis, Lin-Manuel Miranda now? <laughs> don't, don't count it out, Paul. We're not there. I wouldn't. I love that man. Right. I love that man. If you have him on, I will literally give you a video I shot in Times Square in New York where he just showed up one day with a bunch of people and started singing and playing, right, just in the middle of Times Square out of nowhere. That, that video alone is like the most best thing yeah. I ever saw. You've been to Dreamforce enough, Paul. You know um, there's, <laughs> there's a little firepower there, so we oh will, yeah, we will make sure that that comes to Salesforce Plus. That's my vote. My vote's for him. Okay. So, so, can, so basically, basically, what we're talking about is just the evolution of 
customer experience, customer engagement, finding, catching, and keeping customers, using content to do this in a different way than it was before? I think so. I mean, you know, the, there is a paradigm shift happening in marketing to being helpful. Um, you see this with incredible companies. Shopify is a great example we reference. Mm -hmm. I probably shouldn't say that phrase, but they're, they're, they're a reference for us. They produce, half the content they produce is just about helping people start up mom and pop flower shops. Uh, yeah. There's no incentive for Shopify. They might get, you know, they might stand up their shop on, on Shopify, but it's it's just be about being helpful. And you know, I think from us, we've started to head that direction too with leading through change. You didn't hear the word Salesforce and leading through change almost the entire 70s episodes that we held. It was about helping people get through the pandemic and being curious about what others are doing. And I think that's that is a you know, we're building a brand here. We're not building a demand gen strategy. And I think that's important. Um, demand gen comes, um, and that's important for us. We're, we are a for-profit business, but it's really important that we build a community of people that are that turn to us for help. And if we can help them, and the, you know, we have a brand now that we think that can do exactly that, and that's really really important. I feel, and I feel collectively, and you see this with so many companies. If we do that well, the business comes. So, I like. Let's take. Given we have only have a few minutes left, I want to take this somewhere else entirely. Um, I'm still curious, A, how you got to be a Red Bull driver and B, how you went from Red Bull driver to Salesforce. I, that yeah. even more amazing. So take it away. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'll, give you, I'll give you the third. <laughs> Alan can help. Uh, I have uh, I have a very interesting background. I was a race car driver starting at eight years old. I raced go-karts. I moved my way up. I moved to Europe at a very young age. Uh, I was chosen for Red Bull's uh, Formula One racing team as their test driver for the Formula One team. Wow. Um, and uh, it was a very uh, enjoyable period of my, of my life, of course. I was living in Austria. I competed in over 20 countries worldwide. Very, very fun role. Uh, 2008 happened. The financial crisis hit. And the program I was in canceled. Uh, and everybody went their merry ways. And I actually, um, during that period, I had worked at Red Bull as a marketing manager. And one of the first jobs that they asked me to do was find a CRM system. And I was, I remember very vividly, I was on my Blackberry under the table Googling what a CRM was. And, uh, I can't believe I'm telling Brent and Paul this, but I had to Google what uh, CRM was. And I deployed Salesforce very quickly within a small sub-brand within Red Bull. And it kind of just clicked in my head to a degree. I just sort of like got it. I don't know why. It just sort of institutionally worked. And um, if I wasn't going to be racing for Red Bull, I didn't. it didn't make sense for me to be in Austria. So I'm like, hey, Salesforce, hiring? Um, and 16 interviews later, somebody, uh, our CMO, decided to make a bet on a race car driver from... <laughs> from Europe. And uh, I've been here for 11 years now and held a variety of roles and it's been a fun journey. Wow. So wait, uh, who's the CMO at that time? Craig Swensrud. I, of course. Makes yeah. sense. Man, yeah. Good guy. Really good guy. Very talented. So we're, we're, we're coming close to the end here. A year from now, what is success going to look, look like for Salesforce Plus? People viewing the contents, <laughs> Brent. Um, no, I think you know our objective here is to build a community of people that are interested in this type of content and to give them the helpful concept that they're you know that they um, they focus on. There's a couple things. One is success of Salesforce Plus will be viewers, and a big part of that will be the success of Dreamforce this year. Um, and Dreamforce is a big bet for us, of course, and we're watching that closely and planning for it. And we're really excited for that. So that'll be the kickstart of really Salesforce Plus's momentum will happen at it'll start at Dreamforce. And the, the really the key objective internally is: do people keep coming back? Um, can we entice people that you know? Yeah, Dreamforce is a couple of days, but 
Will they come back the week next to talk about, to learn about whatever X, Y, and Z role or X, Y, Z trailblazer is done? And that's really important for us that we get a more reoccurring type of uh, sort of viewership here. Uh, but we're certainly not done. You're going to see uh, we have four releases happening in the next six months, all kinds of new features and functionality. Much of it will be familiar. You're going to see podcasts in there. You're going to see net news series in there. You're going to see new media types in there. And I think that's really, really important for us. But really, the ultimate objective is do people keep coming back? And that's important for us. All right. So I guess final question is like, so one of the things and you know, theme that Brent and I have both harped on and manifested we hope pretty well which is interactivity has to reach a whole different kind of level now which is yeah. much more toward participation than it is toward just leaving comments on things right so how are you actually beginning to protect because you know there's a viewer and then there's someone who's you you use two words community and viewer right mm -hmm. which aren't necessarily the same thing um so my question is, how do you get community through interactivity and participation versus a viewer who's passively watching and absorbing and learning maybe, yeah. but they're not truly participating, which means their, let's say their likelihood of coming back is decreased, even if they did get something out of what they got. How yeah. do you, how do you, what are you doing on the level of making it more interactive, more participatory and evolving, you know, the platform that way? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, uh, there's a lot to be developed there, unpacked there. I don't think that Netflix, you wouldn't say Netflix has built a community. Uh, you would say Peloton has. Um, yeah. And so I think Peloton has a really interesting dynamic that we're watching very closely. And we've, we've kind of really leveraged a lot of their thinking and some of the way we're approaching this. A big part of our focus is identity-based uh, marketing, right? You have a simple login. You want to go to the Trailblazer community. You want to go to Salesforce Plus. You want to go to Trailhead. You want to go to the Idea Exchange. You want to go to the App Exchange. One login, make it easy for you. You don't have to worry. Save. Google's done a great job at this too, as, of course, as well. And so really think about identity-based marketing. Really, you're not going to like my answer, it's about building valuable content. And we think uh, the reason why Netflix has grown is because they build amazing content and they've made it really easy for people to consume it. And that's, there is not rocket science in modern day marketing, in my opinion. It is exactly that formula. If you build great content and you make it easy for them, people will come. Um, and I think that's really, really important for us. And that's where our focus is almost exclusively. All right, I'll be pushing you in other directions if I can though, don't worry. It's all good, I'm here for <laughs> you. Can count, you can count on it. As with, anything, as with anything, this is a nascent vision. We're very early. You're going to see a Dreamforce, an MVP um, that is very thoughtfully designed in terms of the what is available. But um, the biggest scare for us is we just add so much feature-rich functionality right. to it. It just it's not intuitive. So it's going no. to be very simple, and that's intentional. That's no. I, you're on a great path. I mean, you really are. Thank you. You know, it's it's just genuinely. And you, by the way. Also, thank you for clarifying things, too, because I will be honest, the press release didn't really clarify a whole lot. It gave an indication of what was going out, but it was kind of all over the place. And I think what you did is just really clear it up. Clear well, it up. It, it led to all these questions that we had right. today. But you answered them all. I just wanted to be on y'all's show, so that's what we needed. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah. Was a cool guy. And this last uh, comment here. So Salesforce Plus would be the network. And CRM players is a friend. <laughs> You'd think we planted that one, except Ed's one of your partners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, I can, at some point, I could see CRM players on Salesforce Plus. I think we <laughs> that, would that would be funny. That would be funny. 
This is being recorded, folks. So. Yes, by the way. <laughs> hey, Colin, this has been actually, this has been great. Amazing. We, we we had so many questions. You answered them all. And you can see throughout the whole show, comments flying in. Uh, so we appreciate on. it. And we are definitely going to be keeping our eye out on this because, you know, that's kind of what we do around here. <laughs> September 21st, Dreamforce is live. So he'll be there and get a chance to feel for yourself. I am. Um, look, the other thing I would love to see someday, if I can actually show up in person somewhere, is the actual studio. Like I am fascinated by the fact you have it, right? And I really, I mean, I've seen enterprise studios, but they're just yeah. rooms with equipment. Uh, our close, our studio is an almost direct replica of the Mandalorian studio that they built. Um, really, we have invested aggressively in our studio programming and infrastructure. Um, We'll do a behind-the-scenes uh, little thing before you before we get started. Oh. We have built a truly world-class studio, and we're really proud of it. That's cool. I'll that tell is- you what. If you're up for it someday, how about we do a plays episode where you take people behind the scenes? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All get right. Ready. Consider Consider it done. Wait, we it only done. do it if you dress up as the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're quite there, but yes, sounds good. Baby Yoda. <laughs> Baby Yoda will do the tour. The tour. Right. And so, thanks for letting uh, James yeah. crash your party too. I'm sure he enjoyed it. Oh, we, that he was awesome. <laughs> I look, I, I'm a Spider-Man fan anyway, so I'm now a fan Absolutely. of your son. What I'm just glad he was wearing pants when he came in. That was his my, my <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, uh, <laughs> on behalf of Colin Fleming, I'm Brent Leary. I'm Paul Greenberg. We are the CRM players, and we're going to go out on a little different note today. Ooh. Oh. It's a lot better than the note we normally go out. <laughs> <laughs>